Welcome to the Ralph Moore Podcast. Gain a leadership advantage as Ralph pulls wisdom from his bag of over 50 years experience in planting and leading multiplying churches. Our goal is to help you live as a leader you'd want to follow. You'll learn about making disciples and planting churches, but beyond that, you'll gain practical wisdom about subjects like how to manage your team, handling difficult people, pulling a congregation off a growth plateau, and even money management. Hi, and welcome to the podcast. Today, I'm interviewing Greg Wines, who's a friend that I met through Exponential, and the friendship has grown over the years. And uh, Greg is, is does a lot of really unique things, but his main focus is catalyzing health in the church and uh, he's done a lot to help us in, in terms of uh, catalyzing church publication. Welcome to the podcast, Greg. Thanks, Ralph. It's it's a privilege to be here. You know that. Well, I just uh, kind of want people to get to know you and get to know a little bit about what you do and 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 why it's so significant right now in the body of Christ. So just kind of give us a little of, of, of what you do and then the backstory of how you got into it and why. If that's the hardest question to answer is what do I do? Um, you know, and I talk about the difference between a calling and a career because I've had literally seven careers and I don't mean just different employers. I mean, seven major careers. I can tell you about those in a minute, but, uh, but my calling has never changed. And that's the interesting thing. Um, you know, I say your career is what you're paid for. Your calling is what you're made for, you know? And so it's like, um, yeah, we'll talk about that. But anyways, for, yeah, I, I have an engineering undergrad. Went to went to went to college, University of Michigan. Have an engineering undergrad, and that's where I really came to Christ. Was through Crusade, a campus crusade, and um, obviously reoriented my whole life. And when I graduated, you know, they they wanted everybody to go on on staff, a crew, and I I wanted to go make money. I told them I didn't want to, you know, go raise money. So, anyways. Went to work for General Motors as an engineer, then an uh, engineering supervisor. Got my worked on my MBA at Michigan as well, and then um, took an educational leave after five years at General Motors and went to seminary because I, I really felt like my calling was to make disciples. And misguided as it was at the time, this was 35, 40 years ago. Um, I really felt like, well, I could make better, I could make more disciples as a pastor because I'd have more time and. You know, how was I, I was obviously a little bit confused on that, but that's what I really felt like. If I became a pastor, I could make more disciples. So left, I went to seminary, got my MDiv and was on staff at a mega church, one of the first mega churches in America, you know, in 80s, early 80s, we had 65 acres, spring fed lake, you know, beautiful facility. And oh. lead pastor had an affair with one of the other staff pastor's wives and crashed up. Uh, and so I, I learned a lot of, and I actually was, I was minister of adult discipleship and it was a blast because the church had been built on evangelism. Remember EE3 evangelism explosion and it had been built on evangelism, all these new converts. And I was brought in just to help develop discipling kinds of ministries. And it was a blast. But as the church crumbled, I, you know, I, I just watched it. And then I went out and took a medium, medium sized church in, in Wichita and it was about 250 and just began doing evangelism kinds of things and discipleship kind of be doing some one-on-one discipleship and with some of the, with some of the leaders and the church exploded, you know, we brought, we were one of the first churches to have a band. And of course the elders said, don't you dare bring a trap set into the church, but <laughs> we, did it, we did it anyways. And, um, this was in 85 
so and church grew and then we and then and I could see that there was coming a showdown where I was either going to have to take on the older congregants. Um, so what we did is we took we had grown to about four hundred in the eighteen months I was there, and we took those hundred and fifty people and a lot of them conversions, and we just we launched a new congregation. We daughtered a congregation outside of Wichita, and it just exploded. Great things, just all kinds of people come to Christ. It was just a cool, cool church, and so I figured. And I had worked with that group for about a year before they went out, and I figured I knew everything. That, you know, I was the God's gift to planting. So I then came to Orlando here thirty-five years ago, I guess it was. Yeah, to plant a church. And I really felt like I was God's gift to planting. And as you know, <laughs> God doesn't need us. No. Uh, he spent the next 14 years really breaking. And wow. it was breaking me. And it was probably one of the most, it, not probably, it was the most difficult time of my life. Because um, I really, I felt God was calling my American. I had spent a year in prayer. We got up every morning and just intensive prayer. And we really believed God was calling us here. So then why would we struggle for 14 years? I mean, you know, when weeks without being paid, you know the story. And um, this is before planting was really cool in the late 80s. And um, it, it was real tough. And in that time, um, you know, through that breaking, God showed me that I was squat. And uh, so much of my desire to plant... All those things were, were more based on my ego needs, trying to be important. Um, so in that time, I, I, you know, when nothing else was working, I mean, you know, we got to 200 three times, and each time we would lose about half the people. One staff took a bunch, and it's just, you know, whatever. And so finally the third time we had, I bought eight acres of land and got the building. So I just thought, you guys go do it. And, you, you know, I'm leaving. I was just burnt out. And in the meantime, I had gone back and got my PhD in psychometrics at the at UCF, University of Central Florida. And as I did that, um, loved teaching, loved, loved students. You know, it wasn't like I tubed out. I struggled a lot because I left, quote unquote, the pastorate, became a faculty member, professor. But, you know, I led a couple of students to Christ and faculty to Christ. So I wasn't, I hadn't left the Lord in any way, shape, or form, but it was just that concept that of the church. So, um, began to really rethink the church as I was on faculty there and, um, at UCF and new Dean came in, all the non-tenured faculty were let go, which I was one of those. And so all of a sudden then I, now what do I do? So I started consulting, uh, business consulting actually with my background. It was not too difficult. And, um, the denomination, the Church of God Anderson, had asked if I would come on and oversee church planting in the state of Florida simply because of my experience. It was a great deal because it was no money, but it was you know a lot of fun. So we had fun. And then eventually the overseer for the state of Florida left and they asked if I would be, take that role. So I did. So then I was a denominational position. And a really interesting thing, I, I'd always made fun of people in that role. I mean, to me, that was always, if, if you could lead a church, you did that. And if you couldn't, they put you in a denominational position. And, um, and that's part of that breaking time with me was I was willing to do whatever God wanted. It didn't matter what the title was. It didn't. So then I served in that denominational role for 13, 14 years. And, uh, in that process began, became really convinced that 
that I could really help the church in its rethinking the mission, the model, and all those things. So we began doing a lot of consulting, and I created an organization called Healthy Growing Leaders, which morphed into Healthy Growing, or Healthy Growing Churches, which morphed into Healthy Growing Leaders. And so, and what, as I worked with a lot of churches, I found that you know, my take was Ralph that the churches that need help don't want it. <laughs> And the churches that want help really don't need it. And it was really interesting. So um, it's not a real lucrative calling or career. So I, what I really settled out was in working with leaders, as you mentioned a moment ago. That's my call. And so, I, you know, I, I, I created Healthy Earn Leaders, which is where we really, we develop assessments mm-hmm. um, to help leaders understand their real calling. And, and then we do a lot of, debriefs we do a lot of assessments and helping them understand what's their a game and how can they most significantly contribute to the cause of christ so that's kind of what we do i love doing it if you add up all those years you can come an old man um but i'm finally figuring out what i love doing and so well i want to i want you to unpack the term uh psychometrics for (laughs) so so that people that are out there going what are gonna get it yeah yeah, that's always, you know, you just use that term to sound impressive, you know. Um, it's like soteriology or, you know, whatever, eschatology to the non-church person. Um, yeah, psychometrics is basically statistics in the area of testing and measurement. It's a statistics degree, but it's also a psychological degree and how do you assess, assess people, individuals. And so it's a combination of learning to assess people. How do you develop and or understand people at the same time? How do you statistically do so in what's called reliable and valid ways. Because there's a lot of instruments out there, I'll try not to name too many, but that, that are good, you know, they're fun, they're, they're easy to talk about, but they're just not, they're not reliable or valid. And by valid, I mean, they're not really measuring what they say they're measuring. Mm-hmm. By um, reliable, I mean, they're not repeatable. You wouldn't get the same score every time you took it if nothing changed in between. So that's, you know, the goal for me, and especially in in Christianity, is to help us come to a better appreciation of good assessments, not just a little survey we throw up and make. And if you're not going to make any decisions based on it, great, do whatever you want, man. Throw up any kind of survey. Uh-huh. But if you're going to ask people to make decisions based on the results, please, please, let's, let's have more sound. So that's what psychometrics is. Long answer to your short question. So talk to us about... Um... I know that you wrote the, or I believe that you wrote the assessment for the becoming a level five multiplying church. Yeah. Uh, talk to us about, talk us through, I mean, don't, don't need to get into a lot of detail, but uh, some, what are some of the assessments that you've written that a person that's listening to this podcast, who's interested in making disciples and multiplying churches, they may be aware of those assessments just to help them kind of get a frame around who is Greg, uh, wines a little bit better. Yeah. Um, yeah, I ended up doing four for Exponential. The B5, that was called the DM5 Disciple Maker 5 with Bobby Harrington and Expo together. Hero Maker. Um, man, what was the, the fourth one? There's another fourth one I wrote for them in there. Um, I've done a, a couple for World Vision, which is really a cool uh, World Vision contract test. And, and it's, it's called the... Um, oh. <laughs> I'll think of it in a moment. But anyways, it, 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 the cool thing about it is that most churches struggle with, like Matthew, for instance, are we going to make disciples or are we going to serve the least of these? 
So which are we called to do? And um, this instrument that we developed for World Vision was to help churches, for, help a pastor, first of all, take it on themselves and say, where is my heart? In that, you know, goats and sheep thing, you know, passage in Matthew 25, I think it is, you know, versus in Matthew 28, making disciples. I mean, Jesus says, you'll, you know, I mean, he, he's pretty clear on the Great Commission, but he's also pretty clear on where to help the least of these. Um, so a pastor takes it on himself or herself to determine that. And then the whole church can take it on themselves as well. And um, it, uh, so we have, there's two instruments on the World Vision site. One of them, you, the pastor takes another one. Basically it's set up so the whole congregation can take it. And the pastor has a, has a feel for where the congregants are in the church. You know, wh- where is their emphasis? Where is their heart? Um, so that, that we've done that one, you know, I've done, there's a, there's truewiring.com has four instruments, a disc is motivators, which are internal drivers, spirit or EQ, emotional intelligence. And then lastly, um, conflict profile that a lot of people take and, you know, you can buy those. There's a free spiritual gift instrument that we've done that's out there, um, I think we've had 40-some thousand people take it the last three years, so it's a fairly widely used spiritual gift instrument. And one of the differences about these instruments and some of the others that we've developed is that most of them are all what we call norm reference, meaning your your answers are compared to a general population. So if you score a 90 on a, on a D on a disc, you know that you have that score higher than 90% of the general population. It's just, and the same thing on spiritual gifts. If, you're, if you score the gift of hospitality or evangelism, you say evangelism high, then you have that gift more than whatever, maybe 75% of the rest of the population. So, you know, those are some, some of the instruments. We have a, what's called a financial health assessment developed for the Lilly organization um, and for Christians to talk about their financial health. And um, so that's out there. Um, so I don't know, there's, I've done several, a number, three, for instance, for the eco-denomination, uh, Evangelical Covenant Order of Presbyterians, and one of theirs is on discipleship, one of them is on a flourishing congregation. So um, I'm actually working with one right now. Actually, I have um, two that I'm working on right now. I, I just finished one for a, a Christian Character Index, Index CCI, for a foundation on the East Coast, which they're offering it free to anyone, just talk about Christian character. But the two that I'm working on right now, one is... Um, with two psychologists, Christian psychologists, great people, John Walker and Charity Byers. It's called Blessing Ranch. It's their organization. It's been around for 35 years. And they have, their model has 58 different scales. So we wrote, we've written a Christian mental health instrument. Um, and that's almost done. It's probably two months before we're going to re-release it. There'll be a book version, which is free. If you, their book is called Unhindered. And if you bought the book, you get this instrument free, or anybody can take this instrument, and it has 22 scales. The full 58 scales is more of a clinical version that therapists or coaches will use to help because it gets kind of in the nitty-gritty. And then the last instrument is a North Point. Uh, Andy Stanley, out of, uh, out of Andy. Andy became concerned at the beginning of COVID that... Um, you know, they're having significant impact, you know, a lot of hits on the web, a lot of attenders, yada, yada, yada. But he was concerned they weren't making disciples, as many large churches, pastors are. So, as you remember, he was one of the first pastors who cut, who basically shut down 
and said, we're not, you know, when, he, when COVID hit, he said, we're not even going to begin meeting until August. And he changed that to the following Easter, which they were closed for to services, not closed to church, but to services. They didn't have weekend services for 14, 15 months. And he told his staff, okay, you got to figure out how to make disciples without a weekend experience. So in that context, they, they contacted me if I would help them develop an assessment on and somehow assessing disciples what well, one can take it one year and take it again the next year and and see are we truly making disciples are we making a difference whether it's a small group a campus a ministry is they've had this treatment for a year have we made a difference in their lives now Ralph you and I have had this conversation you know describing the disciples a little bit like describing a sunset I mean how do you do that um, you really, you know, I mean, you've seen thousands of sunsets. I've seen thousands. Each one is beautiful and each one's different. And so that's the challenge with this instrument and working with North Point. I and mean, we've got 94 different cells, I mean, 114, excuse me, 114 cells. It's, it's very complex. It goes through six seasons of spiritual development of a Christian um, that go back to St. John of the Cross and across 19 scales and you know it accounts for a lot of different styles and personalities and so forth but our goal is will it be perfect now there's no such thing as any no assessment is perfect so it won't be perfect but our hope is that at least and, and north park will own it for them and we'll own it for the rest of the church we're going to give it away to the rest of the all the churches to basically for churches to take for a small group to take and and say where do we need to grow and so that that's that's kind of what I'm working on now. So that's kind of cool. How long before that will be available? Well, the North Point one is really close. I mean, we're probably we'll be done by the end of the year. The challenge is, how, you know, the reporting. What's the reporting going to look like? And again, it'll be free. It'll be online. You can take it. Um, we didn't have a name for it yet, but um, you know, if. You know, they can contact us and we'll put them on a list and we'll, so when it's done, we'll let them know. But um, it's going to be, you know, the, the only cost would be as if a church, for instance, wants to aggregate the data for its own body or for its own whatever, you know, some kind of aggregation fee like that. We have to put everything together on a web. But um, I'm real impressed. It's been really, really hard to establish validity for the very reasons you and I talked about before. You know, what's a disciple look like? And so... To truly try to describe a disciple, it's been really difficult. We've had over 120 people weigh in, uh, who, all authors. I mean, you were one of the people we reached out to, but you know, all these people who have who've thought deeply about discipleship. And so, it's been a, to, to establish some kind of validity for the instrument, and it's it's been really a challenge, but we're almost there. So, that's exciting. You know, as we um, kind of bring this thing into a close, I, I want to ask you. Could you um, could you send me a list because I want to put it in the podcast notes of the uh, the assessments that you just mentioned? I mean that would be a long list, but yeah. it's a, it, those, these are really valuable tools, and and I have personally benefited. Uh, Exponential has benefited; thousands of people have benefited just from the surveys that you came up with for Exponential. And I'd like to get the word out a little bit more. You're so unique. And, you know, I'm glad I have the term psychometrics because I tell everybody that Greg has a PhD in writing assessment tools. And now I'll know what to say. 
but um yeah i, I really would would like and, and if you're listening to this podcast please go to the show notes because they're going to include a lot of resources some are free most are free some you might have to pay a little something for but these are tools that you really need to explore because they're going to benefit you a great deal If you enjoyed today's podcast, be sure to subscribe and check his blog at ralphmoore.net.